This is Journey Church Podcast. Here at Journey, we believe in encountering God and embracing people. From wherever you're listening, we hope you are encouraged by this week's message. And it's the faith that we want to elevate here in these next couple days so that we can actually see what God wants to do. And if you're ready for that, let me have a little amen there. And so Matthew 21, 21 says this, if you believe... You will receive whatever you ask for in prayer. Jesus sets the bar pretty high there. How many know that if Jesus says this, how many know it can come to pass? This is, I'm not backing this up. I'm not the one that's going to fulfill this. It's Jesus who's going to do this. And so he says, if you believe, you will receive whatever you ask for in prayer. I know that in this room here tonight that there's been prayers that have been held up. I know there's people that have prayed for something for a very long time. And I want to say to you that some of those prayers are going to get answered this weekend. Hallelujah. I'm here to tell you not to build up some false hope in this room, but to let you know that there's a spirit of faith here. There's a spirit of life here. There's a spirit of believing here in the presence of Almighty God. And we are going to believe that these prayers that have been held up, these testimonies that haven't got fulfilled to their fullest, something is going to break loose in the midst of God's people. Hallelujah. And I need you to say with me today, great churches have... Say it again. Great churches have. And God's about to do some great stories in your life, in your family, in your business, in your church, in your community, in your city. How about Calgary getting some more great stories? Come on. How about the people of God in this city getting some more great stories? And I'm telling you that great churches have great stories. I'm not suggesting it to you. I'm not trying to get you to tie into something. I'm telling you that this is the will of Almighty God. And I'm telling you that we overcome the enemy, the attacks of the enemy, not just by the blood of the Lamb, although that is very powerful, but it happens through the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. Great churches have. Say it again. Great churches have. Now listen to me. I need you. There are some times where people live in a very self-centered culture. It's all about me, 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 me. It's like, hey, look at me. Look at me eating a Big Mac. Look at me eating Tim Horn. So look at me at church. And I understand this is a real, uh, oh, I don't even know what I want to call it here tonight. I'll just be careful until I get to know you a little bit more. But the truth of the matter is there's this, there's this unhealthy focus on self. But what I want to say to you over the next couple of days is it's time for you to give yourself a little bit of focus and a little bit of belief coming out of your spirit, man, because we're going to come together and God's going to do some great stories in your life. It's not just about everybody else. It's about you. It's about what God wants to do for you. It's what he wants to do in your family and in your life. And I know it's good that we think about others and pray for others and give to others and believe for others. But I want to say to you, we'll do that as well. But I want you to prepare your heart. I want you to make some room in your life, in your spirit, man, to receive all that God wants to do in your life. Can I get one more little amen from you? All right, I think you're with me. I'm not sure. You're a little quiet to some of the places they travel. Now, throw John 10.10 up there. This is Jesus talking. Everybody say, this is Jesus talking. The thief. Everybody say, the thief. I can read back there. Hallelujah, look at this. This This place is good. The thief 
comes only in order to steal and kill and destroy. Now listen to me. I need you to understand before we go any further when we go into this great churches have great stories and we get into this John 10.10 passage here that whenever you see theft, whenever you see destruction, whenever you see the flow of evil, listen to me, this does not come from God. God does not orchestrate car wrecks, cancer, COVID. Hello? God is not the author of COVID, thank you. God is not the author of cancer, thank you. He's the response to it. Jesus' response to sickness and disease. Jesus' response to car wrecks where people can be healed and set free and recover. I was in a car wreck when I was 16 years old. I had one of my friends. I, it was my car and it was completely cut in half. I had a friend die in a car accident. And I was taught that God caused that car accident until I started to study the scriptures for myself and realized that's strange doctrine. That's weird doctrine. That's not Bible. Come on, there's been a lot of dumb things taught in the church. Can I get an amen? How many know that there's only one thing worse than a stupid Christian? You know what it is? Two stupid Christians. There's only one thing worse than a weird Christian. You know what it is, right? What is it? Two weird We don't have to. We can be powerful. We don't have to be weird to be powerful. We don't have to be strange to have the power of God flow through our lives. We don't have to be weird to pray and see God answer our prayers. Come on, somebody. Stop looking at me funny. I know for some of you it sounds strange because you've heard other things, but this is not strange doctrine. This is Bible. And so wherever you saw the thief coming to steal, kill, and destroy, it has come from the thief. If you can get that right, you'll straighten out a whole bunch of your theology. So Jesus goes on, he says, the thief comes only in order to steal and kill and destroy. I came, this is Jesus talking, that they may have and enjoy life. Do you see that? You're, you're to have a life. Turn to your neighbor and say, you need to get a life. Your neighbor's not very friendly either. You know, just, think what, just think what I'm dealing with. A couple hundred people looking at me weird. Jesus said, I have come that they may have a life and enjoy life. As believers, do you know it's okay to enjoy your life? Do you know that you were actually created to enjoy your life? Do you know that you don't have to live a terrible, miserable, mean, wicked, brutal life for you to be a Christian? Yes, and I'm going to get to a passage in a moment and talk a little bit about trouble, but the truth of the matter is Jesus is setting the tone here. How many know that Jesus doesn't lie? How many know that to believe what Jesus said would be a good thing to do? That's what I'm going to try to get you to do this weekend. I'm going to try to get you to believe what Jesus said. I have come that they may have and enjoy life and have it in abundance. Everybody say abundance. To the full till it overflows. That's the kind of life that Jesus died on the cross for. That's the kind of life that Jesus paid the full price on a cross for. That's what Jesus died for. When he said his very last words on the cross, when he said, it is what? 
He was telling us that what is finished is now we can step in to the abundant life. We can step in to the life that God provided for. We can step in to that, not just that, that full life, but that overflow life. And how many know that if God gives us an overflow life, it won't be just for us. It's going to be for others. It's going to spill out, but it's going to spill onto others. But you say, well, Pastor Al, what about all the trouble in the world? Well, look what John 16 says. This is Jesus talking again. John 16, 33. It says, in this world you will have what? How Jesus said that. Is it true? Should we stop right there and build doctrines, build denominations, build creeds, build declarations, Put it on our walls, get grandma to crochet it, put it on her by our pool table. Should we do that? No! Why? Because his thought wasn't finished. In this world we have trouble. Yeah, yeah, we sure have a lot of trouble. Yeah, ever since we heard Pastor Dave and Jess. Oh, man. Why do you think we sent them here? We're not the sharpest knives in the drawer, but we know better. I'm just kidding, everybody. Relax. Turn to your neighbor and say, relax. In this world, you have trouble. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, my God, there's trouble everywhere. There's trouble everywhere. Have you been? I, we flew here. There was trouble in the plane. We flew here. Well, there's COVID trouble, and there's cancer trouble, and there's car wreck trouble, and there's government trouble, and there's Donald Trump trouble, and there's Joe Biden trouble, and... I have no idea why we get so wound up about the American presidents when we need to worry about our own. Come on, somebody. If we spent the time praying for a righteous government and blessing our, 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 blessing our governments and blessing our, and stop worrying about things that, oh my goodness, I have no idea why it's so chaotic with this. I'm telling you something, we would see revival happen in this country of Canada. I'm just telling you the way it is. And I don't want to get you all bent out of shape. I usually tell us every church I go to, they want to know, well, are you vaccinated or not vaccinated? And I say, well, what I, here's how I roll. What I do is every morning I head to Timmy's because it's the most anointed place. I, I, the anointing doesn't kick in for me until I have an extra large Tim Hortons. You know what I mean? It's just I'm kind of like in, I don't know what kind of land. I'm just kind of lost. But then I, that Timmy's kicks in. Boom! And it's like, well, I feel the anointing. Hallelujah. And so I go to Timmy's every morning. Order an extra large, half cream, half sugar, and a shot of AstraZeneca. And I've been fine ever since. So I'm just telling you, this is how I do it. Now, so, and I don't, want you giving me, I don't want you giving me any heat or any trouble. I just want you to know that's how I roll. This is what I do. This is what people in Vancouver, this is how we roll. All right, I say, I say I love you, Pastor. In this world, you will have what? But take hearts. What? 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 That's what Esther does to me sometimes when I, I am not answering her correctly. What? Ellen? What? She's here, by the way, my beautiful wife over here. Married 40 years this November. Thank you very much. Yeah, thank you. It's a lot of work. Anyway. In this world you'll have trouble, but take heart. I 
have overcome the world. When you invited Christ into your life, if you haven't, can I just suggest to you, you need to do that. You can just do that right here, right now. You don't have to have Billy Graham have an altar call. You don't have to sing just as I am as one plea. You can just invite Christ in your life right here, right now. Come on, come on, somebody. There's no scripture that you've got to play just as I am. You don't have to. I love that, and I love that man, and I've been to his crusade. I'm, just saying, I'm not being disrespectful. I'm just saying that you can just invite Christ in your life right here, right now. Come on. And can I just say that would be the smartest thing you ever did? If you haven't done it yet, you need to get smart. Hello? The Christ that we invited into our lives, the Jesus that has come into our life and made our spirit man born again, our spirit come alive, that same spirit that raised Christ from the dead and that saved us is the same spirit that lives in us. And that spirit that lives in us is an overcomer. It's not defeated. It's not weak. It's not poor. It's not lacking in any area at all. And so when Jesus said, in this world you're going to have trouble, he said, you don't need to worry about this anymore because I've overcome the world. And because I've overcome the world, you can overcome the world. Because he overcame the world, you can overcome the world. Because he overcame trouble, you can over, uh, overcome trouble. That's the spirit of victory that resides in every believer. And what we have to do is we've got to open up our spirit. We've got to make some more room, make some more space. We've got to get to that place where we say, God, I don't want to just uh, focus on in this world there'll be trouble. God, I want to be an answer. I want to be a church, a people, a company, a family that believes that we don't carry trouble. We carry the solution to trouble. We carry the anointing of the Spirit of God. We carry solution. Do you know that the blessing of God is designed to show up and overwhelm trouble? Do you know that the very first thing that God did to mankind was bless him? Genesis. And it says, and God blessed Adam. He blessed man. Listen to me. This wasn't a little baby dedication. This wasn't a little, oh, look at the little sleeper from the gap. Isn't this cute? And all, oh, look at this little diapers and all this. That's not what happened. What happened back in Genesis is God blessed man. And when he blessed him, blessing is the empowerment. It's the empowerment to do well. It's the empowerment to succeed. It's the empowerment to prosper spiritually, physically, relationally, financially, emotionally. There came an empowerment on the people of God. And the very first attack came against, not against man, it came against the blessing. And when Satan went after Adam, he wasn't going after Adam, he was going after the blessing. Because what Satan wanted to bring into the world was the curse. And that's when the curse got into the earth. And the curse is the very opposite of the blessing. The curse is the empowerment to fail. The curse is the empowerment to make bad decisions. The, the, the curse is the very opposite of the blessing. Why do I say all that? I say that to say that God had a plan from the foundation of the earth to release the blessing into the earth to release the blessing through, through and into the people of God. 
and he solidified it through his son, Jesus. And Jesus comes along and said, hey, there's trouble out there. It's crazy out there. Weird things are going down out there. But we're going to overcome some of this craziness through the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. And Jesus said, I want you to get ready to become an overcomer, to be victorious. And everywhere you go and everywhere you show up, what do you do? You show up with a blessing. You show up with that overcoming spirit. They don't know what to do. They don't have a solution for that problem. Guess what? They will when you show up. And it's not because you're smart. It's because you carry the blessing. You carry the spirit of an overcomer. You carry the power of God in your life. When you show up, the enemy's got to get pushed back. When you show up, things are going to change for the better. When you show up, God is about to do some wonderful things that we've never experienced before. Some of the greatest miracles in the church are still yet to happen. I get tired of people saying, I wish we could go back to the Old Testament, New Testament. I don't want to go back there. There's no Tim Hortons. There's no pickleball. Any any pickleball players here? God bless you people. So how do we overcome some of that stuff? Throw up that next scripture for me, my friends. 2 Corinthians 10, 5 says, We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God, and we take captive every thought to make it what? To make it obedient to Christ. This is not this obedience. This is not a word or a phrase. We're going to make it obedient to Christ. It's going to have to bow down. No, what, what, what the scripture is saying, we're going to make these wrong thoughts bow to Christ's good thoughts to the blessing to be an overcomer that we're going to be people that walk in the spirit of overcoming that we're going to have great churches have. Yeah, thank you. You're just about there. Hallelujah. The Timmy's is kicking in. And we're going to walk into this place where all of a sudden we begin to see it. And for some of you, your Christianity's got so watered down. You've been so disillusioned, so hurt, so discouraged. And listen to me, I have great empathy for that. And I'm not putting you down and I'm, I'm not pushing back in any of that. I'm just here to remind you that the level of faith, God wants to bring it higher. God wants to lift, lift up the faith in the house of God. He wants to lift up the faith in the people of God. He said that if we'll speak to the mountains, not speak about the mountains, not speak in uh, hyperbole about mountains, he said if you'll speak to the mountains, they have to move in Jesus' name. And so I don't know what mountain you're facing. I don't know what trouble has been chasing you around. I don't know what confusion or hurt or pain That's been banging on your head night after night after night after night. But I'm telling you, we serve a Jesus. We serve a wonderful God. We serve a King of kings and a Lord of lords who can change all that with one touch of his hand. There's an assignment against our assignment. There's an assignment against the corporate assignment of this house. There's an assignment against your assignment. There's an assignment against the next step that God is asking you to take. Why? The enemy does not want any of this to manifest 
or come to pass. Do you know that there are a couple passages, I don't know if I had you bring those passages up or not, I'm not sure if I have them in the notes or not. Remember when the leader of Egypt created a decree in the land to kill all the babies two and under when Moses was born? Why? There was an assignment against his assignment. You remember when Jesus was born? Same thing. There was a decree in the land to kill all the boys. I, th- I don't know if it was two and under or three and under. Why? Because the enemy didn't know who the Son of God was at this point. But he knew he was coming. And there was a decree in the land to wipe out the destiny. And if you think that there's not an assignment against your, an assi- against your assignment, whew, you've already begun to lose the battle. We don't focus on that. We're aware of it. We don't get... We don't get pushed down by it. We don't get uh, uh, hung up by it. We're just aware of it. Now, and this is where I'm going to finish this up here this evening and save the rest for next tomorrow night. The John 10.10 overflow comes through divine alignment. And the divine alignment happens like this. Right place, at the right time, doing the right thing. Say that with me. Say right place, at the right time, doing the right thing. Let me say it again. Say right place, at the right time, doing the right thing. Say it with me now. Say, that's divine alignment. And the enemy does everything in his power to get us out of alignment. Does everything that he can to mess all that up in our lives. And and I want to just hit on a few portions of it uh, here tonight. But do you have the definition of, uh, take take me to that uh, 2 Corinthians 10 passage if you have it there. 2 Corinthians 10. Thank you. No, uh, where is it here? 2 Corinthians 10, 13. You got that one? Ah, there it is. Thank you so much. But we'll confine our boasting to the sphere. Everybody say sphere. The sphere of of service to God himself has assigned. Everybody say assigned to us. Okay, and now take me to the definitions of metron. Metron, that word sphere in that passage of scripture means this. Metron, a portioned off measure, a boundary that has been set. A metron simply is this. It's a territory that God has measured out and given us responsibility and authority. Folks, there is a right place for us. We can't just go wherever we want to go and do whatever we want to do. Most believers make the biggest mistakes of their lives when they take their life back into their own hands. They surrender their life to Christ. And they say, God, I'll go where you want me to go and do what you want me to do and say what you want me to say. And they pray that prayer and they mean it with every fiber of their being. But then quickly after, we take our lives 
back in our own. We still love God. We still give. We still serve in the church. And we find people who are living in the city of Calgary, say, and they get a job offer in the city of Vancouver for $10,000 more a year, and they take that promotion and they disrupt their family, their children, their schools, their church for 10 grand and never sought God, not even once, if that's what they should do. And I'm not here to put fear on you. I'm here to tell you that there's a right place for you. Now take me to Joshua chapter 1. This is such a beautiful passage of scripture. I love it, love it, love it, love it, love it. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses aid. Moses, my servant, is dead. An error was over. Now then, you and all these people get ready. Everybody say, get ready. You and all these people get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land I'm about to give to them, to the Israelites. Watch this now. I will give you every place where you set your foot. Now here's where most believers, they stop right there. God's going to give me every place where I set his foot. That's not what's being decreed in the scripture. Say this with me. Say right place at the right time doing the right thing. Say it again. Say right place at the right time doing the right thing. Take me back to that passage. Sorry guys, you're doing a great job. I will give you every place where you set your foot as I promised Moses. And then he gives them the sphere, the metron, the territory, the boundaries. And your territory will extend from the desert to Lebanon and from the great river, the Euphrates, all the Hittite country to the Mediterranean Sea in the west. I will give you every place where you set your foot as I promised you, as I spoke to you, as I decreed to you, as I declared over your life. And so we have a responsibility. God says... Moses, or Joshua, I'm going to give you every place where you set your foot. From here, to up here, down here, <coughs> down on the floor. Can I, I'll go down there again. I just want to show you that it wasn't lucky. There we go, okay. <laughs> and all this territory, watch this. The territory didn't come automatically. He had to set his feet. In the territory that he promised. Joshua, he was not able to just go, well, I'm just, I'm just going to go over there, and I'm going to set my feet, and I'm going to take the ground. Listen to me. This is where most believers get the living daylights kicked out of them. And they wonder, where is God? What's going on? Like, I'm just trying so hard, and I'm praying, and I'm fasting, and I'm giving, and I'm serving, and I'm... And I'm just, we have to come to an understanding that right place, right time, doing the right thing is a setup for us to live our best life. For us to live at such a maximum level 
of God's goodness and grace. Why? Because it's what he established. And the boundaries that God established are not there to limit us. They're not there to hold us back. They're not there to suppress us and put us down and we got to live this low, pathetic, boring. No, 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 no. The, the boundaries that God places in our lives are there to do the very opposite of that. It's important that you go to the right school that God sent you to. It's important that you marry the right person that God brought into your life. Can I get an amen? amen. You think you're marrying a six-pack of abs, but we get old. <laughs> it's okay that he's got some abs now. I've got some too. I just can't find them. You can't tell little Johnny, Johnny, you can just go and do whatever you want out there. Just, just, just do what you want, Johnny. Stop telling your kids that. You tell them to do great things, to do big things, to accomplish greatness in the earth. But there's a right place. And don't you ever be afraid of it again. Don't you ever be fearful of again. Don't you ever think that God is ever holding back on you. He's getting ready to unlock some things that have been held back from you because maybe we've been in the wrong place. I've been in the wrong place a few thousand times. I have my PhD in that. And when you're on the wrong place, sometimes it's really hard to hear right. Sometimes it's really difficult to process properly. Sometimes it's really challenging to work through something you've been working on a long time. But I'm telling you tonight, according to the amazing and incredible word of God, that there's a right place. And he's got it for you. And it won't take very much if you are in the wrong place. I'm not saying that you even are. You don't even need, I don't even, we don't even need to question that tonight. We just need to have our spirit open to say, Lord, if I am, not to be fearful. What could happen with a crazy bunch of Calgarians and wherever else you people are from. To step into that beautiful place of alignment. Step into that beautiful place. That we don't just have a full life. But we step into the overflow. Would you turn to your neighbor and say, I'm about to live in the overflow. Say it to another neighbor say, I'm about to step into the overflow. What overflow? The John 10.10 overflow. Did Jesus not promise that? Why in the world would he promise that and not fulfill that? There is enough power in John 10.10 for it to be fulfilled in every life in this room here tonight all at the same time and not an ounce of loss whatever happened to that verse. That's how big and amazing our God is. Some of the best counsel I've ever got 
in my 40 years of marriage and 38 years of ministry is this. Al, you need to stop arguing with God. And it became a great day of victory, my EPVC buddy, when I understood that I was not smarter than God. Dixon says, we already knew that, Al. <laughs> and I was not smarter than his word. And you know what happened to me? Big old weight came off of me. A weight of self, a weight of unhealthy responsibility. I never thought I was smarter than God, but I kind of said some things and prayed some ways like I was smarter than God. And I challenge you tonight to embrace the teachings of our Lord when he said to us, the thief comes to steal, to kill, and destroy. Have we not seen that full on? Oh. Like, you do not need to be a rocket scientist. And I, hear, I actually hear there's probably some rocket... I play, I play pickleball with scientists, uh, epidemiologists. Like, they're all smart. And they, I, I say, what do you guys do? And they tell me, and they say, well, what do you do? Uh, um, I try to come up with something smart. Like, well, what, Al, well, you've got to know what you do. I know, I know, I'm just trying to come up with something smart. I'm a pastor. You're a pastor? You play pickleball like that? It's okay. And then I hit them with my pickleball. But we talked with the staff today. I don't know how we got on to talking about the ceiling. But we talked a whole bunch of leadership stuff this afternoon. It was so good and good questions and good conversation. And somehow the ceiling in this room came up. And to me, the image is so beautiful because I think so many believers are walking with God, but they're living at such a low level, such a low ceiling. And they've got use to this low ceiling because that's where your expectation, whenever you're praying about something, you're only willing to pray so big because I don't want to be disappointed or I don't want to be. And so you stop. And you only want to be so generous and you only want to, you know, you don't want to go too far. You don't want to be one of them weird ones. And that's the result of living under a low ceiling. Folks, let's just assume that we're all living at a bit of a low ceiling. My height, Max, from this stage. Look up. Look at how high the ceiling is. This is the beginning. Do you remember? And I close with this and keyboard guy, you can just come up and start playing like another one bites the dust or something like that. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. He probably can play it. No, just, just come up and you'd be good. Yeah. R sharp, buddy. R sharp, right? Do you remember when God said to Abraham, buddy, come on out of that tent. I have no idea what he's doing in that tent. 
We know he wasn't watching YouTube. Well, why not? Yeah, you're right. I don't know that. He might have been. And he says to Abraham, Abraham, I need you to look up. And what did he ask him to do? He says, I need you to count the stars. He said, I need you to get a bigger future. I need you to get a bigger vision. I need you to get out of where you were living in a tent with a low ceiling. And I need you to begin to see how big I really am. I need you to start changing how you pray, how you give, how you surrender. I need you to lay all that stuff down and I need you to look up. I believe that day Abraham's life radically changed. And do you know according to New Testament, New Covenant, that you and I walk in the blessing of God the same blessing that was spoken over Abraham thousands of years ago, we walk in that day. I think if he had not got out of that tent and looked up, folks, it changed everything. A simple but powerful prophetic act. great churches have and what stories is God about to unload in your life what stories is God about to do for you what stories have been held up and held back and pushed back maybe even generationally maybe you've been living under a low ceiling generationally and God says it's time to bust the ceiling open it's time to step into the fullness of what God promised not just to you but to your father and your great your grandfather and your great grandfather and a thousand generations back and have it show up in your life why not you why not your family why not your company? Why not your hospital? Why not your university? God is willing. And like my friend said to me, Al, you need to stop arguing with God and get into agreement with Him. And I said, okay, I will. And I've been working at it ever since. Seven days, buddy. The seer anointing is going to kick in to a brand new level. Don't you dare fight it. Don't you dare EPVC it. Some of you 
part of the fresh testimony that's going to come into your life is physical restoration. Some of you people are so tired. And I feel the Spirit of God saying to me, I'm about to refresh their physical bodies. Some of you are going to sleep and your sleep is going to be like miraculous and what was, what, where you would get to sleep six, seven hours, it's going to actually replenish your body double. I prophesy that over you tonight. I prophesy that over you tonight in Jesus' name. This is not just, I'm not just trying to make something up here. I decree that tonight in the name of Jesus. That some of you who are sleep deprived, I declare that your sleep, the restoration of your body, it will double in your life in Jesus' name. Thank you, Jesus. We're lifting our faith higher, higher. We're going higher. We're going all the way with you, God. I know you've been here for a while. It's only 8.30. I got another hour. No, I'm just kidding. Will you stand with me? Can I say to you again, thank you so much for being here. I just honor you for coming to church on Friday night. I mean, you could have been home watching the flames lose. Seriously, that would have been fun. You could have been home yelling at the TV because Edmonton's getting hammered by the Canucks. And I honor you tonight. I honor you tonight. Now listen to me. I didn't jump in a plane and fly here to have you look at me funny for three days. I came to let you know great churches have and there's some stories about to get unlocked in your life. I feel it. I know it. I wouldn't have come had I not. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Gifty, come on up here with your this guy that's following you around. Somebody could call security. Some American guy. Just, just come on up and just stand in front of me. He's going to pray over you in just a moment. Thank you, Father. Oh, the faith is rising. You spoke to faith tonight. I got it. You got it. They're trying to get it. These are good people. That guy behind you, he almost got it. You keep doing what you're doing. Don't you hear ever let anybody ever talk you out of what God has already spoken to you. The dreams and the visions and the word of the Lord over your life. Not everybody else's. The word of the Lord over your life. I declare that word protected. I declare it will be not just fulfilled, but fully fulfilled. Every eye dotted, every T crossed. Full sentence structure. Full manifestation. Nothing missing. Nothing broken in the word of the Lord over your life. And I unlock whatever's next tonight in the name of Jesus.
I take my authority that's been given to me. I come under the authority of Pastor Dave and Jess and I unlock what's next for you. In the mighty name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. I speak to deeply wounded relationships. I release healing right now in the name of Jesus. I'm not waving a magic wand here tonight. I'm releasing faith of healing and restoration is what I'm doing. And I command these wounded relationships to begin the process of healing. And where there was no hope that it could ever happen, I decree and declare tonight that there's hope in the house of God. And there's hope in the people of God. And there's hope here tonight that what God has said tonight will fully come to completion according to the will and plan and the word of the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. I won't be surprised to hear from you before the weekend's over of some relationships that have begun to be healed. I will not be surprised. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. All right, you can turn and look at the Shekinah glory right here. No, it's, like, no, it's just my bald head, isn't it? It ain't the Shekinah. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Dreams and plans, plans and dreams. Plans and dreams and dreams and plans. Plans and dreams and dreams and plans and plans and dreams and dreams and plans. God says, I've observed it all, saw it all, understand it all. But God says tonight, will you let me take the dreams and the plans and the plans and the dreams and the plans and the dreams and the dreams and the plans and the plans and the dreams and the dreams and the plans. And would you let me do something immeasurably more than you could ever ask or imagine? Nothing changes, just the surrender. Nothing gets set aside, just the surrender. Nothing waffles, just the surrender. Nothing stuck. Just the surrender. Will you take all that God has for you tonight? It's a pivotal change. It's a pivotal change tonight. Thank you, Father. Thank you for joining us today on Journey Church Podcast. For more information about our ministry, visit myjourney.church.